there's some sports that are fairly easy to pick up. I want to play tennis. Cool, I'm going to get a racket, tennis balls, some shoes, and I'm going to go find a court. Hunting, it's just like, man, how do I even start on this? If you're hunting out in the weather and the elements, I'd recommend getting something that's going to be stainless steel or Cerakoted. Just won an award from NRA, uh, the Golden Bullseye uh, Women's Innovative Product of the Year. It's the second time it's won in the last three years. I'm steady, and there's no wind. Well, don't go translate that into freestanding with a 30-mile-an-hour crosswind. So I encourage hunters to practice in hunting type of scenarios. It's important to understand there's a difference between just shooting to shoot and shooting to hunt. This is Adam Weatherby, and you're listening to Living Country in the City. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Living Country in the City. Still here at the Western Hunting and Converse... Conversation Expo. Yes, uh, that's, we're having a conversation. That's <laughs> what it is for me uh, this trip, the Western Hunting and Conversation Expo. Um, but I'm here hanging out in a booth with some of the most beautiful rifles I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and I have sitting with me the man himself, Adam Weatherby. Adam, thanks so much for taking the time hopping on the podcast with me. Thanks for uh, dropping by the booth and sitting down and having a conversation. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, so I always like to start out with maybe just a little bit of background about yourself, uh, how you got started, what got you into hunting and the outdoors. Sure. Well, for me, I guess it's it's uh, somewhat synonymous with uh, with my business. So um, obviously, my grandpa uh, started this business in 1945 in Southern California, of all places, to mm-hmm. start a gun business. But in the 40s, it was a you know everybody shot and hunt. Didn't matter where you were. Where today. The city and the country are vastly different. Back then, they weren't quite as different. <laughs> and so he set up uh, really a shop there in Southern California, like I said, in 1945. So I'm third generation. My dad took over the business. And so I grew up, um, obviously, with a, a lot of access to a lot of good hunting firearms and ammunition <laughs> and opportunities. So I, I am a rare case in that that uh, that, that I 
literally grew up into it. So uh, it went from humble beginnings to a, a worldwide recognizable right. name for, you know, synonymous with just amazing quality hunt rifles. And, um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people getting into hunting probably, you know, should not be doing what I did and picking up a bow and trying to do a mm-hmm. DIY archery right. hunt. Right. on their first hunt right um and so i feel like a rifle is you know an incredible tool for for new hunters to use it it mm-hmm. takes a lot of things out of the equation that you have to stress about with with bow hunting and um if somebody if somebody is looking to looking into picking up uh, a first hunting rifle what are what are some of the things that that somebody wants to look for when they're selecting a yeah rifle? you bet and it, and it depends too i think you know when if you didn't grow up around firearms you know it's important to Make sure that first and foremost, you know, hunter safety, firearm safety, that those things are, you know, uh, taken care of first and foremost so that when you do go pick up a weapon that's you're intending to kill an animal with that you don't harm anything else <laughs> unintended. So disclaimer there that that's uh, always a good idea, you know, to be able to do. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as a, a first rifle, I mean, it's always good to find, you know, local people that you can connect with that, you know, maybe a local gun shop or whoever it might be, maybe local hunters or whatever, that can help, you know, get you, you know, involved and kind of into the space of firearms and, you know, what's most needed and, and those different things. I mean, you want something that fits you right. Caliber-wise, you you know, there's so many things. And so somebody that's new to firearms, there's just a world of caliber options, cartridge options out there for them. A lot of it's game-dependent, game depending on, you know, how large of and small of game. Um, just like with any hobby, everybody wants to, yeah, I just want one good all-around one, but like with any hobby, um, <laughs> you start with one and it typically grows and you realize, okay, that's my elk gun and that's my whitetail gun. And, you know, you have different yep. guns designed for different things. Um, my thirty out 6 is not necessarily maybe the best choice for squirrel. Right, exactly. So it really depends. You kind of got to define what your purpose is going to be for it. So, for instance, if you're going to be doing tree stand hunting, you're not going to care much about weight. Uh, you know, if you're just in a blind or whatever, weight's not a big deal. If you're going to be doing a lot of backcountry hunting and a lot of hiking, then weight's going to be a big factor for you. Uh, you might want a larger Weatherby Magnum if where you're going to be hunting, you might want to push several hundred yards. Uh, if you're, most of your shots are going to be within 100 yards, that doesn't matter. So a lot of it is real dependent upon the terrain you're going to be in, uh, you know, the game you're hunting and all those sorts of things kind of. So it, it is somewhat dependent, just I guess, like with any any hobby or activity or anything that you pick up, but absolutely. So, um, someone decides, you know, okay, they what, whatever whatever the animal is, they come uh-huh. in. What what recommendations do you have uh, otherwise for someone that's looking to plan their hunt? They, you know, maybe they pick their pick their first animal, whether you know they want to go on a hog hunt or uh-huh. or something like that. What are some other considerations going into that that uh, that you think uh, people should always make sure to keep in mind? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a big part of it is the land you're going to be hunting on, if it's private and public and knowing boundaries or those sorts of things, if it's a DIY, if it's a guided hunt, you know, uh, obviously you can rely on your guide to, to, even though you're responsible, ultimately you can depend a lot upon that. But, um, you know, from scouting to, to picking that out, I mean, uh, Onyx Maps is I'm a big fan of. We're, we're an online platform, you know, and, and an app platform like that. Um, I use Onyx a lot to, to tell me where I'm at. Uh, for those of you that don't know what it is, it's a great app. You can, 
you can you know put on your phone and GPS wise it's telling you private or public uh, BLM state national forest uh, heck it even tells you the owners of the property and you can look them up and ask for permission yep. so it's always important to know you know where you're hunting you know season dates all those different things I think before you go in and then um, you know for gear uh, it's just so dependent upon where you're at. There's a lot of gear outside of your firearm, as you well know. Um, you know, so, I mean, optics are a huge part, too, um, when you're firearm hunting, uh, what's on top of it. So it's important to have a, a good rifle, but if you can't see your target appropriately uh, and, and know, um, you know, know how your gun's shooting, uh, the trajectory of it, how that's lining up with your optics. There's just so many different things uh, to take into consideration. So that's why it's good, I think, one of the best things is to find somebody who you can go with, who can mentor you, who can instruct you, who can walk you through those things. Because I often think you see that, you know, that the numbers of hunters are declining as far as national statistics of, of hunting licenses sold. But a big part of that is we need to get out. Those of us that are active hunters, we need to get out there and be bringing people into it and find people that are showing interest and walk them along in it. There's some sports that are fairly easy to pick up. I want to play tennis. Cool. I'm going to get a racket, tennis balls, some shoes. And I'm going to go find a court. Mm-hmm. It's fairly easy and hit it back and forth over the net. Hunting, I mean, when you're talking licenses and tags and draws and all those kind of things to how do you field dress an animal to what gun do I use how do I mount it up what about rings and bases scope spotting scope you know range finders it's just like man how do I even start on this so it's really important I think that we as hunters go out there and really invest in kind of the next generation of hunters so what uh, what do you see that's being done correctly maybe to that regard like either either people or uh or groups that you really see that uh, are taking that initiative to really build up this next generation of hunters. Yeah. No, there's a lot of, I think what is exciting is there are some different groups, um, I think, that are out there. A lot, of, a lot of conservation groups, like I'm on the board for the Mule Deer Foundation, which uh, co-hosts this show. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that mission is to educate. And so there's actually the Muley program, the booths right behind us over there. That's a, a little bit of what that's intended to do. So a lot of your big conservation groups out there are doing a lot of education, um, you know, more local, you know, hunter safety type of things uh, that are there. I mean, NRA has programs. A lot of people out there are having a lot of programs. But ultimately, I think it'd be, it's really on us, like I said, as hunters, I think organically, it's like, eh, programs are cool. But I think ultimately it's like, okay, I'm an avid hunter. When people express an interest in hunting, how do I take them to that next step, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife's done that quite a bit because she didn't grow up in a hunting family. She grew up in Southern California, didn't grow up hunting at all, furthest thing from it. Never shot a gun. She married into the Weatherby family. (laughs) So she had no choice. And so she's an avid hunter now. We have a whole women's line, actually. The Camilla Rifle is named after my grandma, and she's headed up a lot of the promotion of that. And so she has a real passion to see new women get out there uh, and do that. And so I got a friend here at the show, Candy Yao, and she puts on a a women's hunting camp uh, for ladies. And and it's awesome. Like, my wife and daughter went a couple years ago, and what Candy's doing with that is awesome because you get these women that come out there's not these men intimidating them saying oh you hold it this way oh why you know mm-hmm. why'd you miss and there's everything from shooting classes to literally they will get uh, from somebody out there they'll get uh, an elk carcass and literally teach them how to field dress it and so those sorts of things where you come away because i think people need confidence in order to get out there mm-hmm. it's one it's it's funny you say that because i've noticed uh i mentioned you know i used to teach uh, uh shooting clinics yeah, like sure. precision right. distance shooting uh-huh. clinics and uh-huh. We would have 
whole varieties of people coming out. I mean, like from six-year-olds to to dudes in their mid thirties that have been in the military their whole life. And, yeah. um, you know, we got a lot of guys that would bring in their girlfriends. They're like, Oh, I want to yeah. get my girl to shoot. That's a yeah, perfect way to introduce sure. her. Right. It was, it's great until they're shooting next to each other. Yeah. Um, because we get a lot of like super chesty dudes that are like, Oh, I'm just here. So my yeah. girlfriend can learn how I already know how to shoot. And right. they don't want to listen. Right. And so women all of are us, usually the best students. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And so we'd notice like, yeah. Everything's going great until she starts out shooting. Him. Yeah. And then when they'll be shooting next to each other and then he'll start picking at her, mm. being like, oh, no, you're doing this wrong. And, and then her shooting yeah. starts going down. Right. So we'll separate them. And then <laughs> all of a sudden she's, uh, she's uh, just keyholing uh, right. shots. Yeah. And he's, he's still trying to figure it out because he hasn't listened to a word we've said the right. entire weekend. Um, right. Hmm. It's just it's – a, it's a funny thing I've noticed with hmm. that. And uh, it's – I think it's important sometimes for probably the ladies to get away from Definitely. from the guys and, and have their own time and yep. Um, yep. yep. But no, it's <laughs> it it's an interesting thing because sometimes it's not just bringing them into hunting too. Depending on the person, you're maybe introducing them to firearms, like you said, with your wife. You maybe right. introducing them to firearms for right. the first time sure. or um, archery. It's not it's not just overcoming this this one piece mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of i mean i don't want to call them hurdles but there's a lot of challenges sometimes yeah to introducing a new person to hunting and uh, it's we've we've got to find a, interesting ways to uh yep. to overcome those for sure absolutely i agree um so tell me a little bit about um the rifles themselves like what do we what do we have uh, around us as far as maybe um Say somebody wants to go on their first uh, deer hunt. They want to mm-hmm. go on like a mule deer, a mule deer hunt, mm-hmm. um, and they're coming to you and saying, "Okay, I, I want to do this mule deer hunt." Um, it's not, you know, we're not carrying everything. We're not hiking in with everything on our backs or anything. But uh, you know, we're going to do a little hiking, so I don't want it to be too heavy. Uh, how would you like? What process would you go through with them as far as picking a rifle? Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, we have. Uh, you know, we have several different lines, and I mean, everywhere from a $500 rifle up to a, you know, I mean, multi-thousand dollar rifle. <laughs> so it's understand your budget. Once you have your budget established, I think then it's really, uh, you know, your caliber is going to be pretty important. Obviously, with mule deer, there's going to be a whole lot of, you know, deer, there's a, 10 great options. You know, I mean, there's a whole lot of those, um, you know, of, of what's of what's good. We have our own Weatherby uh, Magnum calibers. They, they, they're faster. They push out a little bit further. They shoot flatter. So there's less holdover that needs to be done or dialing in of your scope because it does shoot flatter. 257 Weatherby Mag is kind of our best uh, deer round that we have. Um, so I'd, I'd push people to that. The 240 Weatherby Mag could be great. And then we have a bunch of standard cartridges. I mean, Heck, I mean, a 243 or a 270 or a 65 Creedmoor, there's a lot of good deer rounds. But it's finding out, you, you know, your cartridge. Um, then, like I said, I think uh, weight is an issue. If you're, if you're looking for something ultra lightweight, we have some rifles that are going to have more fluted barrels, uh, lighter stocks, stocks with carbon fiber in them, and those things. That's going to be great. For a, we got a calling contest or something <laughs> over here. Uh, so I think it's deciding really on the weight factor. So you can get our, some of our rifles are, say, five and a half, five and three quarter pounds up through eight and a half to nine pounds. So deciding kind of that factor. Durability-wise, some of ours are going to be more standard like blued metal. 
some of them are going to be more Cerakoted, you know, with colors and things that are or stainless steel that are going to have that. So is that important to you? So if you're hunting out in the weather and the elements, I'd recommend getting something that's going to be stainless steel or Cerakoted. So that's kind of important. Along with that, we got wood stocks versus, say, fiberglass stocks. Wood's pretty, uh, you know, but people don't like to ding them up as much. So 80-plus percent of the guns we sell are more fiberglass or synthetic type of stocks, composite things, just because of the durability factor and worrying about getting it wet and the wood swelling and all those sorts of things. So, you know, as you kind of go down it, there's there's a myriad of things. Uh, I mean, if you go to weatherby.com, you'll, you know, you can spend a couple hours on there you know, <laughs> looking at, at, at the different type of models, uh, you know, that we have and that's available. So That's awesome. And am I, am I crazy? I, uh, uh-huh. Do you guys have a cut like a customizer on the site? There is a custom configurator okay. on there too, so you can build something from the ground up. I remember. I think but, I, I ended up playing with that for oh, like did an you? hour oh, one time. Yeah. In, but there are a lot of models even before you get to that. Are just standard models like you mm-hmm. can see around the booth here. We basically have two main actions: our Vanguard action and our Mark V action. Our Vanguard is more of our entry to mid level, and the Mark V picks up and kind of takes it into that upper end. Um, but uh, but yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of different options. That's for sure. Like I said. <laughs> If you're a woman and you're listening, we have our Camilla line. We have about five different models now in the Camilla. Uh, just won an uh, award from NRA, uh, the Golden Bullseye uh, Women's Innovative Product of the Year. It's the second time it's won it in the last three years. So it's we're really gaining a lot of traction uh, with our women's rifle because there are a lot of women that are coming in. And like with everything else, it's like women have things that are designed specifically for them, their clothes or their shoes or whatever. And it's like all of a sudden you get your dad's or boyfriend's or husband's or brother's gun and then expected to use it. And so we designed it going, okay, what, what should a woman's rifle ideally be? Not just, as we say, shrink it and pink it, which means cut off the back yeah. of the stock and spray paint it, you know, some pink on it and call it a women's gun. It's like, no, let's design it from the ground up so that, uh, you know, we've accommodated for, uh, you know, a thinner pistol grip for their, you know, smaller hands. Uh, the way that uh, the cheek pieces on the stock, because their, their necks are typically a little bit longer, you know, slimmer forearm uh, the di- because of their finger length, the distance between the, the uh, pistol grip to the trigger. So all those things have kind of been gone through um, because we want to design it specifically for them so well and it's i mean not even just the women's rifle but this is the kind of thought you put into all the rifles sure. in your line and it's it's impressive to hear that i mean yeah. i've i've built little custom target rifles here and there for myself and i mean all of that stuff is so incredibly important when you're shooting you know when, you, when you're when you're talking you know 100 200 300 400 you know however far out you're shooting right I mean, you know, suddenly uh, squeezing, not you know, not falling through on your shot, and right. all these little things yeah. that that you end up doing more often when yeah. you uh, when you have a rifle that's not yeah. doesn't fit you correctly. Sure, that suddenly translates, you know, the width of a hair is you know yeah. inches down right. the down right. the line. Right, and so Absolutely. I mean, it's super important um, as far as picking out a rifle. Would you? I mean, is it the kind of thing? Where you would almost you would recommend somebody holds them, tries them. You know, I would, but I think, um, yeah, and and I think because of you know, it's you can buy guns online, but it's got to be shipped to an FFL holder anyway, so mm-hmm. it's not going directly to your door, you yeah. know, because of ATF regulations. So it is good to be able to go into a gun shop, be able to hold some different things, you know, talk to a local expert about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, 
now as far as a, like if someone wants to want to order a Weatherby online that gets shipped to an FFL, is it? How, do, yeah, how so does we, that work? That, yeah, that so process. mainly we send people, unless it's a custom gun, we just use we use dealers, you know, that are out there. So whether it be, you know, right here, Sportsman's Warehouse in town, a store like that to, you know, your local gun shop or whatever, um, they're going to be able to accommodate you. Now, a lot of times, uh, you know, they're not going to have, because we've got so many models, they're not going to stock them all. So a lot mm-hmm. of times it is going to be a special order, and then you just have to order it, and then they call us up. But, again, we sell to the dealers because of, you know, the whole FFL issue and all that stuff. So, yeah. So just in general, somebody that's looking to start shooting, whether or not, whether or not they're hunting. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, hunting obviously adds another dimension to it. But somebody, uh, what are some other things to keep in mind for somebody that, that does want to get behind a rifle? Some sure. important considerations. You know, there's a difference. I think it's important to understand there's a difference between just shooting to shoot and in, in shooting to hunt. What I mean by that is there's a lot of guys that go down to the range and they rest the rifle on a bench, and it's at 100 yards, or even they shoot steel, and there's just a lot of controlled elements. you got sandbags or a sled, so they call it a, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I've never shot an animal off a shooting bench. (laughs) Um, And so there's a lot of different factors to consider. Um, I really recommend to people to do hunting scenario type of shooting. And so... Um, in other words, like for me, and then what I do is I come up with limits even on yardages based upon my shooting position. So all in the field, I'll always shoot best prone, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, with a bipod on the front or over a pack. Um, and if I'm prone, I know my yardage distance that I feel comfortable with. Uh, if I, you know, next to that, sometimes I'll have shooting sticks like a tripod or bipod, you know, bog pod or a Spartan Spartan carbon fiber, you know, shooting sticks, whatever they are. And so I'll sit down and do that. And, and so I'll kind of know my distances off of shooting sticks. I'll know my distances off of maybe resting it on a log and then standing sticks and then freestanding. And, and with that, my distance gets closer and closer in depending on how I'm shooting and really simulating that. So somebody might go down and be able to consistently hit a steel gong that's, say, a pie plate size the size of an animal's vitals at 300 yards on a bench. They get out in the field, and all of a sudden they realize, uh, you know, oh, man, I'm just sitting on my knees. I don't have any shooting sticks. And at 300 yards, especially when you throw in buck fever or whatever with it, oh, yeah. your crosshairs are all over that animal. You can't even hold on the animal, let alone the vitals. And then you'll pull the trigger and either miss or injure an animal. And so it's very important that you understand, I think, your limits and do hunting type of scenario practice. Now, different ranges are going to have different rules on if you can do that or not. And it might be going out to somebody's ranch or doing those things if the range won't let you, say, shoot prone or do Mm -hmm. those different things. But I tend to practice more in those scenarios than I do from a bench. The only reason I really use a bench is to understand the accuracy of my rifle and to sight it in. Mm-hmm. And, and to just practice squeezing and so forth the trigger. But beyond that, um, I really don't just shoot off the bench. because it, Primarily, if I'm shooting to practice hunting, then I'm going I'm, I'm to be preparing for how I'm going to go out there and harvest that animal and then have my equipment accordingly. Um, and I even choose then my distance, not only on those things, on your rest, but also wind and those various factors. So you might go, okay, I'm at the range, I'm on a bench rest, I'm steady, and there's no wind. Well, don't go translate that into freestanding with a 30-mile-an-hour crosswind. <laughs> you know, so you've got to kind of know those limits and get out there and really practice with it. So I encourage hunters to practice in hunting type of scenarios, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, I mean, and we, uh, 
you know, I think people talk about that a lot with bow hunting, yes. but not enough with uh-huh. with rifles. Right. You know, because we've got we got all all the events. You know, mm-hmm. train to hunt, alpha bow hunting sure. challenge, this, that, and the yeah. other. Right. Where people do focus a lot on like, okay, I'm gonna run up run up this thing carrying this heavy yeah. pack and yeah. and do these things to get my heart rate up and this right. and that. Um, but and you know, obviously, it's probably best that we're not running with rifles yes. too in general but <laughs> right. um right. i mean it's that that mindset of i don't think people like you said people tend to like be like okay i'm on a bench with sandbags this and that mm-hmm. and yeah i can i can keyhole it right. 800 yards no problem right um but then suddenly yeah when you're when you just ran up a hill to right. to get a, a viewpoint on that that bull or that buck yeah you know you're you're pressing up against a tree to kind of steady yourself right. while you're standing, right. and yeah, um, yep. And then you wonder why you didn't, why you yeah. went way uh, way in front of him yeah. And, yeah. and spooked him, right? Um, and it's really understanding your ballistics too when you shoot, mm-hmm. so that you're you know ahead of time what your bullet drop's going to be and at what distance and what you're sighted in for, and really understanding that because there's nothing worse than kind of guessing and okay, I'm going to kind of aim a little higher. Yeah. Or a little lower, um, you want to you want to know what that is um, ahead of time, and so it's it's also really practicing up on that and at different distances. Now, obviously, there's a hundred different ways, you know, some from your scope reticles. And there's a lot of different ways you can do that, but whatever your system is, to understand your system and be confident in that system is really important. Are there um, are there any good resources out there that you would recommend as far as? Because I know, you know, like you said, there's lots of different ways people go about it. Some people adjust scopes. Some people have multiple yeah. different reticles mm-hmm. and sighting, sighting differences. Some people hold up and sure. I know, you know, whatever. I know I'm going to have an inch. I'm going to be an inch and a half high at 100 yards yeah. if I'm sighted into it. Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that happens to be. Um, how how does somebody go about learning? learning that are there yeah, good resources a, out there really other than it's a just good question i know there are good resources out there and there's a lot of different systems and different people believe in their different systems and i'd say hey whatever works for you i don't think there's one right or one mm-hmm. wrong um and so i mean i've used several different types of systems you know in order to do that um i would say initially if they're real early on in hunting what's best is probably to just really kind of have a close range and just not shoot beyond that so, in other words, for majority of calibers, say if it's 200 yards is a range, you're kind of aiming dead on with any sort of modern, decent cartridge, you yeah, know? Yeah. And just kind of practice it on that and then start to extend your range, you know, that you can shoot, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so, all the way up to there's more adv- – there's courses out there you can take. There's long-range courses, uh, you know, rifle sighting in courses. We have a guy just north of here, uh, Mark and Scott Thompson. They do a thing called Thompson Long Range, and they exclusively use our Weatherby Mark 5s and some of our Weatherby cartridges. And they have a whole uh, loophole, does a custom reticle for them, and they mount it up and do a whole course over uh, a couple days that uh, basically you're trained to just shoot out to 1,000 within two days, a rifle right out of the box, a scope right out of the box, and they do a whole system. You come away with that with a lot of confidence. And they don't just do the shooting, but they teach you the whys behind it all and do a phenomenal job at that. It's Thompson Long Range. You can Google them. They actually have a holdover reticle, so they have, with some of our most popular cartridges, Weatherby cartridges, they actually have where you set you zero it in for three, and then at 400, it's this dash of 500. I mean, they just do a mm-hmm. real simple hold over reticle that Loophold works with them on. So, I mean, there's a there's a whole lot of different types of systems and shooting schools and everything you can be a part of. No, I think, I mean, that's super important. It's it's so funny. Like, I mean, I remember how I used to sight in my scopes before I, I used to take and teach this class, mm-hmm. you know. 
Um, I used to do a little cheater way where you mm-hmm. you sit and you you lock it in, mm-hmm. lock it into something, and you just right. click it over until it moves to where the bullet is. Right. And uh, you know what? You may you may decide that you're like you know what? I can just do it quicker if I if I do it that way. But at least now you know. Yeah. And you exactly. know other ways to do it because that's not yeah. going to work in every situation. Exactly. So, yeah. So. Uh, Anything new and exciting we can expect to see from Weatherby coming up this year? Yeah, we you know we just have been uh, moving this year from California to Wyoming, and so that's been real big. I moved there this last year, and we're in the, right in the middle of moving our factory there right now. So we're hiring a new team and set up in a brand new factory in Wyoming. Um, sitting on this table is our Wyoming commemorative rifle that we're making for the, some of our first serial numbers. So nice. Yeah, I can't really give you announcements ahead of time, but we yeah. do. Um, we have some both in shotguns and rifles and ammo. We have some new things coming out um, in the hunting space. So yeah, be sure to just check Weatherby.com and. And there'll be some some pretty cool things that are that are out there. In the past few months, we've yeah we've introduced some more in the Camilla line. Um, this last year, man, we got a carbon fiber barrel now. Um, you know, working with some different camouflage companies for just some different rifles. So kind of a number of just new things, kind of update the line. And then this year, we're going to have a few big introductions. So right, so yeah. So you personally, what do you have going on this year? Uh, hunt wise, or uh, you mean uh, hunt wise? Yeah. What do, yeah. what do we have coming up? Sure. I'm actually in April. Uh, I'm going to be heading to the Southern Hemisphere and doing a New Zealand uh, public land uh, tar hunt. Nice. Um, so really looking forward to that. So kind of a, a backcountry hunt type of deal down there. This fall, I'll be doing a lot of just general season area uh, elk and deer and antelope hunting in Wyoming. Now that I'll, I'll be a resident this next fall because it takes 12 months uh, <laughs> to get there. So I'll be uh, doing a lot of that and then a few other things in the cooker. But yeah, those are kind of the primary things so far. So yeah, yeah. That's my that's my thing with moving now is I keep I keep trying to decide like you know when I'm gonna when I'm gonna make a move and yeah. uh, you know I'd like to be on Montana. I keep looking. Yeah. I'm like okay, got I definitely have to be at least six months back or whatever whatever it is. Yeah, like, I think Montana might be six months. Don't hold me to that. Yeah, but yeah. Wyoming's twelve. Jeez, so man, that's yeah, rough. that's a bummer. I was going back and forth. I almost ended up in Wyoming for a while. Uh, it's a great place to be. Well, you could still end up there. There's <laughs> plenty of room, and there's not a lot of people. So <laughs> they've got they've got land out there. In there's Wyoming? a little bit there's of land and a lot of antelope. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've yeah. been I've been putting in. I was yeah. uh, I was putting in. I, I was decide trying to decide if I was going to put in for the draw this year mm-hmm. or just buy points. And yeah, um, I ended up uh, just deciding on buying points because I, I didn't cool. have yeah. the time to really research. Sure, and I'm still sure. pretty on the low end of things. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm building cool. up, and I think next year I should I should have enough to get at least a a fun antelope cool. hunt, something a little action packed and good. After good. after going with my buddy Mason down in Arizona and helping him chase antelope with a bow, mm-hmm. I I've got a lot more work to do mm-hmm. before I'm ready to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a it's struggle. hard. They're fast. Second fastest mammal on Earth next to the cheetah. <laughs> it's crazy thinking yeah. about that. I mean, you yeah. wouldn't expect it. Just like it's crazy. They're super fast. They don't call them speed goats for nothing. Exactly. So. Fast food. Yep. The definition right. of it. Yep. Yep. But, cool. So, say somebody uh, somebody came up to you, you know, here at the expo, uh-huh. whatever, and, and said, you know, all this stuff's really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to shoot, I want to hunt, but, you know, I grew up, I didn't grow up in a family that hunts. Mm -hmm. Like, I have no background in it. I don't, like, I don't even know where to start, where to go. I just, I feel intimidated by all Mm -hmm. this. What, what kind of advice or encouragement would you give that person? I'd just say, stick with it. You'll probably go out there and not kill stuff for a while, but just persistence and perseverance, you know, and uh, just finding the right people. To just ask, hey, take me out. Let's go. Let's go do this. Help me. Mentor me. 
teach me. And allow for people. There's a lot of people out there that really want to help people through it. And then just don't give up. I think that's important, too, because there's amazing people. I, I swear some of the best people in the world yeah. are hunters. Yeah. Uh, as, yeah. As far as my opinion, the most generous mm-hmm. people out there. And Yeah. But there are in this group people that, you know, aren't you're just not going to vibe with. Right. And like you said, that persistence, not just in going out and, and putting yourself on hunts, right. but even the persistence in just trying to find a community of hunters that yeah. you yep. vibe with or, yeah. or whatever it is. Cause I agree. you're not going to get along with everyone. Drives me yeah. nuts that I don't get along <laughs> with everyone. Cause I, yeah, I like yeah. everyone, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, you're not, you're not going to get along with everyone and that's neither of your fault, but so you got to be persistent in chasing people because it's a rare person that's going to come seek you out right. to take you hunting. You know, yep. it's, it's on you to find yourself and, and yeah. make a way to do it. I think. Yep. I agree. So, uh, if people wanted to find Weatherby rifles on yep. the interwebs. Yeah. Weatherby.com be a good place to head. So <laughs> Yeah. Go to weatherby.com. We got links off there and links to your, you know, you can type in a zip code and get your local dealer, you know, on there and all that kind of stuff. Watch films on there. All that. So, yeah, they could check it out. Or after June, our grand opening will be, it will be open there in Sheridan, Wyoming. So if you're ever driving through Sheridan, Wyoming, uh, right next to the Montana border, then be sure to stop by. We'll have a visitor center and showroom and you can check out all all our current lineup will be there. um, So you can kind of check us out too as you come by. So... There we go. Um, and yep. on socials? Uh, yep. Probably Weatherby Inc., I think. On Weatherby. Most of those. I-N-C. I'm pretty yep. sure that sounds about I'm pretty that sounds sure. familiar. I think so. I don't know. <laughs> I have a marketing department. They do all that fancy stuff. <laughs> well, and if, and if folks wanted to find you yeah. on, online, yeah. where I'm are they just looking? Adam Weatherby, all one word. Um, you can follow my public profile on Facebook that way or Instagram is both uh, Adam Weatherby. Um, so you can look me up. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. It was good. I'm going to have to wander around a little bit, check out some more of the rifles It's a fun uh, show. A a fun show. Yeah, if you can ever come to something like this, too. Oh, yeah. It, it, the Western Hunting Conservation Expo or, you know, other exhibits and things. You can come and go to all sorts of gun mm-hmm. manufacturers or whatever and packs, and you can try stuff on. You can talk to outfitters and literally just come for a couple of days and soak it up. So for a new person, it's a bit overwhelming, but it's also another good opportunity to come to something like this. Well, and that's one of the things. It's like coming from the city is like, yeah, you know, I can yeah. maybe go find a Bass Pro an hour drive away, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. But it's tough when you can't always find those those places to try exactly. these boots, try these packs, yeah. and all of that. So it's nice to come out to this. You know, it may be a little bit drive or flight investment, but it's, yeah. it's well worth it. It You'll is. Probably, and you meet cool people. You meet cool so, people. And honestly, cool people. you probably get enough discounts at places like this. From right. Most of these places are you know running 10% off that you'll pay for your yeah, flight and, exactly. and the gear. So, yep. But yep. Thanks again for hopping cool. on. I really appreciate the Thanks time. Thanks for having me. It was an honor. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 97 of Living Country in the City. A big thank you to Adam for taking the time out of his day during a very busy expo to talk with me. Make sure y'all check out the show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 97. Get links to everything we talked about today's episode. But until next time, keep it country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com.